I'm Ronnie. Brother Bosbeck. Is he? Kinda. Hello. <laughs> and all of our part-timers have shown back up. About time. Carl's back. Did you miss me? <laughs> Silent Ron's back. Sure did. <laughs> Medium-sized Mike's back. How you guys doing? I'm gonna read First Kings verse or chapter 19 verses one through four. I'm reading from the NASB, and it says, "Now Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a message." to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me, and even more, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And Elijah was afraid, and arose and ran for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take my life, for I am not better than my father's. And our topic this week is not me. How many times have we been Moses? Jonah? Where God's called us to do something. And we're like, nah, not me. I don't have time for that. I don't really want to. Are you sure? Because... I don't think I'm equipped enough to do so. Mike, that was a little grin. So you got something on the tip of your tongue or what? Just, I mean, countless. Yeah. I mean, you know, everything from the I'm not qualified to the what if I say the wrong things to the, you know, what if I share my 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 story turn somebody else off to it you, you know what i mean i mean mm-hmm. to, you know or even my testimony what if you know what if somebody thinks oh well that's nothing or even wow that's a lot you, you know what i mean i mean just yeah. so many that there's so many struggle that quote unquote struggle, things you know? <laughs> oh yeah <clears throat> or aka excuses that we come up with mm-hmm. to get out or sidestep things and usually you come up with the more excuses for the more you're, it's hitting your heart that you should do it. Yeah. It's, it's oh, wait, no, no, wait, this, oh, yeah, yeah, and this one, and, oh, yeah, and that, yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. And you're, by that yeah. point, you've completely and totally talked yourself out of it to where you never even know. You'll never know now because you did. Until you come up with so many excuses, then God's like, nope. Here it is. You don't have an option anymore. You end up convincing yep. yourself it didn't even happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't sidestep that. things. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. remember that. Right? Yeah. Like, I have two prime examples. One being this round table right here. Like, I wanted to do something Christian-wise, podcast-wise, for a long time. Because I did comic book podcasts before. But then I was like, well, I'm not very knowledgeable. I'm not bringing something good enough to the table. Oh, that's me. Like That was me when you asked me. I was like, uh, I don't think I can do this, Ryan. Yeah. I'm like, I'm new at this. What am I going to be able to offer? I think everybody anybody? at this table said that at some point mm-hmm. about the podcast. Right? Like, Bob looked at me like I was crazy. Probably because I am. 
for one. <laughs> That's a true story, yeah. folks. Well, <laughs> and, and two, and because... After you, you answered the question, what's a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, like, I don't know. Huh? And then the second one, as I kept getting asked over and over to help with youth group, and over and over, I kept saying no. Yeah. Insert excuse A here. Why? I don't like kids. I don't even like my own kids. <laughs> like, you know, like, just whatever it was. You I don't have really time. mean that. Yeah. No, I, I don't really mean that. Or did he? There was times, at times in their lives I didn't like them, but I loved yeah. them, you know. But until God was like, okay, well, no more excuses because you're going to have to deal with this situation this personal situation that's going to put you where I've been trying to get you to be for the last four and a half months. Yeah. Yeah, we always say not me because we try to convince God that we don't need to do that job. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just like when he wanted me to preach. I'm like, I'm like, no, not me. Why? Why me? Right. You know, mm-hmm. not me. Why me? Why do you want me to preach? I mean, I don't, you know, I didn't know the Bible that well. I mean, I knew a lot of it, but and I still don't. I mean, you know, but I knew enough to present his gospel, and he knew that. He knew he knew where I was at and how I was. I mean, but he I knew was, who you could reach. Yeah, he knew uh, who I could reach, mm-hmm. and you know. But the not me's is just us trying to convince God that we don't need that job, right? But. God knows best. Mm-hmm. So it don't matter how many times you say, not me, not me, not me. He's like, yes, you, yes, you, yes, you. You need to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, you know? where, that's where I'm at with this upcoming uh, conference. <laughs> I'm sitting there like... for This is audio, so they didn't see your air oh, well, Whatever, that was for you. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> that, that was for now you. Now it's for everybody. Uh, was for, but, yeah, I don't know what I got there to offer. But everybody keeps saying you're doing it. I was like, no, not me. But evidently, I guess I'll end up being somewhere. Yeah, at that round table. <laughs> Live on air. Live on air. <laughs> As Mike says. I think first he asks, then he asks again, mm-hmm. then he taps, then he shakes, and if you're still not listening, then he brings a storm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really don't want to get past that point. Right. Right. Yeah. I think we've all experienced that. I think most people have. But you really don't want to push it past that. If he wants you to do something, you're going to do it. And you really don't want to push him to the point where he says, fine, I'll ask somebody else. Mm-hmm. You really don't want to push it to that point. Yeah. If he asks out of love, you have something to offer, right? Something to bring to the proverbial table. And he's asking you to bring it, and you've got to be willing to even when it's uncomfortable because it's always going to be uncomfortable. He's not going to ask you to do something comfortable, yeah. typically. Nope. Anything you do for God is going to be an uncomfortable experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's just how he rolls. Yeah. <clears throat> for, me, it's, for me, it's usually fear of saying the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Like, he can, he can lay something heavy on me and give me a, a thousand confirmations. And the next day, I'll still doubt. Did I really hear that right? Yeah. Was that really from him? Was that, was that my mind, you know, playing tricks on me? I don't want to mislead somebody. And it's, I think the, the fear is, is coming from a good place. I don't want to lead somebody astray. Right. But it's still telling him no. 
Right. Right. He's yeah. proven himself to you, and you're still finding reasons to tell him no. It's called lack of trust. That's it's what absolutely. it's called. Hundred percent. And I mean, I mean, and I'm still there sometimes. I still lack have that of faith, lack, even lack of faith or lack of trust. Mm-hmm. However, you want to present it, it's right. lack. It's lack. Lack of. Of. Yeah. Yes. Right. Well, and I feel like maybe you, Bob, and I don't know, Carl, I don't know about you, and this is what I'm going to say, is how many of us think, if anybody knows me, really knows me, they're not even going to be able to hear what comes from me. Right. Because they've seen me, and they know me. Mm-hmm. So all they're going to think, as soon as I open my mouth, is hypocrite. Mm-hmm. that way about a guy one time I knew how he was knew how he was well this is before I came to Christ also but I knew how he was and then he came back claiming that he's this this and this and I'm like ah I don't believe it you know and uh, evidently he did for a while but then you know like everybody else he strayed again you know and then I thought ha ha you know, there's that guy, but yet right. I didn't even give him the benefit at the first mm-hmm. with the change. So you know, with everybody giving the negativity of like not even getting even a so-called chance of the change, he's like, "Well, if they're already going to say I'm this way, I might as well just go back to it." Right, mm-hmm. and we do that every day. Yeah. Right, like not too long ago, Kanye, right, said that he was a Christian and he brought out the Christian album. Mm-hmm. Right or whatever. Well, it was like within thirty minutes, it was people saying, "Oh, it's just a money grab," or mm-hmm. whatever. Not and some of those people were Christians themselves, right? Right? Like how? And I'm guilty of this, like a hundred percent guilty. Not of that situation. Well, maybe a little bit of that situation, well, but yeah. like how how many times in our everyday normal life? Do we do that? And most of the time, it's unintentional. Well, how many people yeah. do it to me? You know, I was this way before, you know, and yeah. they see me the way I acted, and now I'm, I gave my life to Christ, and they're all like, really? Yeah. You know, the thing is, is they don't want to see that change in you because that's, that slaps them in the face with truth. Because they're looking for a reason not to change. And that that's exactly why people yeah. judge us as Christians. They, they they always look for something that we do wrong. They don't always want to see all the good that we do. They want to see us do wrong because that's what they want to judge us on. And mm-hmm. so, at, like at the beginning, when we when me and Karen first went back to Christ and all that, exactly what you're saying. You know, we do something, and they'd be like. Is that godly? And I'm like, uh-oh. So then it gets me questioning myself. Right. Yeah. You know, you know another thing is, is, is even people who call themselves Christians look for the bad in other Christians. That's what I was going to bring up. I think it's, it hurts when the world does it. Mm-hmm. It hurts the most when people you call brother or sister do it. Yes. When, when they treat you that way. Because I think often, like you said, you, you, you mentioned that you know they see the change in you. They see the road you walk. 
so that they're not only convicted that they need to change, but now they're convicted that they can. Mm-hmm. And I think often what you experience, you experience that outside the church, but often what you experience on the inside is if you if you get really committed to the Most High, really committed to His way, to His standard, then they see evidence that that's not impossible. That is that is a standard that I can adhere to, and then they get convicted, and rather than Rather than applying that conviction to meaningful change, they apply it to lashing out, mm-hmm. and they do deflect it from yeah. themselves. Deflect it, yeah, yes, yeah. You know, we should be like, we should be like the guy yesterday. After he heard the word, he bolted to the he bolted to the altar. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Armando. Yeah, I wasn't going to say his Armando, name. But yeah. Anyway, I'm talking. This guy was ugly crying, really? ugly crying. He just, but you know. And that was in first service. And that was in first service. Yeah. So, and second. Yeah, and, well, and second. Yeah, but yeah, first service, I mean, this guy, Cole, read the word, was talking about the tax collector and the, and the Pharisee. I was just talking about that earlier today. And after after he after he got just reading read. that, after he read that scripture, this guy jumps up, bolts to the, bolts to the front, I mean, flat runs up there. Ugly crying, saying, "I need Jesus! I need Jesus!" You know, so he was—he was like the tax collector. He was at that time he was justified because he knew he needed Jesus. Yeah, you know, like the like the tax collector did. Knew he was on the wrong way. Knew he, was knew he could get way. on the right way. And yeah. the thing is, is, is this guy was a little inebriated when he first got there too. Now, when he left, I really don't think he was. I, don't I think God took it away from him because That's after awesome. first service, mm-hmm. the person that brought him. Mm-hmm. Was like okay, we can go home now because that person brought them to church, which that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to come to ten, but it wasn't his time. It was his right. time, uh-huh. right? They showed up about probably nine, right at nine o'clock. Yeah, right about the time that Cole was getting into the scripture real good, and he was outside for a little bit. Yeah, and. Uh, course we tried to give him some coffee and stuff but well, he wanted to go straight he wanted in. to go yeah he wanted to go straight in so brandon so brandon took him in and as soon as cole read that scripture he was gone and then awesome. after like brandon fellow podcaster yeah miss him at the table said okay it's time to go and he was like, no, like, I didn't hear the first part of this. Yeah. Can we stay? Do we have to go home? Can we stay? <laughs> right. So mm-hmm. not only did he not want to come to church at the beginning. He didn't want to leave he once he got there. He didn't want to leave once he got he there. He sat through both services. Yeah. Right. And ran to the altar both times. Yeah. yeah. Both times. And cried. Cried. I mean, do you see, you could just feel it pouring out of him. I mean, the first time. And genuinely. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was genuinely an yeah. ugly cry. And, and the whole church got up. And laid hands on him and prayed. The service stopped. Laid hands on him. They prayed for him. That must have been matter the first of fact, service. matter of fact, yeah. yeah, first service. Matter of fact, I don't. Cole didn't even get to finish the first service because of that. But yeah. you know what? That's what, what was ending. supposed to what happen. What an ending! Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. that should that be was the goal. a good ending right there. Yeah. Yeah. And that was there was no more. Yeah, no praise team. What else? What else could you say that would really top what God just done? Yep. We're all we're all thirsty for the living water. We just don't know it. Yeah. But right. once you get a little taste of it, you realize what you're missing. And I think that's what you saw. You, you saw somebody that, that was that was dying of thirst and yes. didn't know it. And, and we're once talking they when you get that, that true drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you get that true drink, and it's there. You're you're hooked. Yeah. 
and how many time how many people in attendance was listening and was like not me that's yeah. not me right yeah but he was like oh that's me that's and me. I'm doing something about it right. yes like yeah don't pass go don't collect $200 like he was just on dead sprint to it yeah and it was amazing yes and it was humbling all at the same time cause like I used to have that fire too and then it's like well that's not me but it should be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and then it was a like and then that was just the poor pitiful me party for a couple minutes and then you know you're back to how awesome is yeah. this yeah right there's a the figure of speech we've all heard you can lead a horse to water but you can't make him drink right a friend of mine, Micah, actually shared something that was told to him by a farmer you know, to add to that analogy. He's like, yeah, that's true, but you can sure give him a salt, a salt block to make him want to drink. Yeah. You know, and I think that's often what, what the father will do to us. I guess what you saw happen to that guy, I think the spirit gave him a, a salt block to make him want to drink, mm-hmm. and he ran to it. And I think that's often when we lose that first love, that's the solution for us, too. Yeah, we've we've got to be given a reason to want to drink again because yeah. we get too comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the salt the salt block makes us uncomfortable in our thirst, right. where we frantically seek water, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's that's what he does with us often, especially when we're in those not me moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when we're in the not me moment, and those are uncomfortable. Yeah, the not me moments is just basically a self pity moment. That's all it is, anyway. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all it is. Or an excuse. Or an excuse. Non submissive. Right? Like, I mean, you know, could be laziness. You just don't want to do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, or past what's hurt. What's that? Blank, blank, blank. Fill it in. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I think for me, a lot of times it's past hurt. Well, yeah. you said hit pretty hard uh, earlier. I think the the one I identify the most with is probably Ezekiel when it comes to like defining this not me like when he really first started like not really calling me but revealing to me what it would look like what he was asking he brought me to Ezekiel repeatedly specifically chapter two like for a while there every Bible I'd open open would come straight to that you know what I mean my little girl at one point took my Bible away and opened it to Ezekiel too and then brought it back to me like it was a platter and laid it on my lap it was weird And what Ezekiel chapter 2 is specifically saying is giving Ezekiel his commission that, you know, you're surrounded by people that are willfully in the rebellion. You're surrounded by people that are just giving me lip service, and I need you to tell them the truth because I want them to hear the truth, but here's the kicker. They're going to ignore you, and they're going to hate you for it. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine Ezekiel responding to that like, (laughs) is there somebody else that can do that? Like, nobody wants to be despised and discarded. And, man, my whole life has been defined by giving, giving people friendship and getting mistreatment and ugliness back. Huh. Like, my whole life. Yeah. And then he lays this calling on me. And I'm right. like, more of that? Really? Yeah, right. Not me. I don't want to do that, yeah. you know? Because yeah. you don't want to repeat that pain. But, it, right. you know, you at some point... You don't want to go through that hurt no more. You don't. But at some point, you have to acknowledge that maybe he allowed you to go through the hurt to train you for it. That's true. Because he knew well ahead of time what he was going to call you to do, and he knew that you needed to be ready. And you had to go through the pain to be trained by it, like boot camp. 
Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? It's yeah. not comfortable. It's painful. It's miserable. It's excruciating at times. But that's the only way to prepare you for the battle ahead. Battle that, you know, while you're at boot camp, you don't, you don't see ahead of time and see what's coming. You don't see where you're going to get deployed or what it's going to look like or what specific skirmish you're going to be involved in. But you know that looking back, the only reason you got through it alive successfully was because of the preparation process that you had to go through the pain. That's right. Yeah. The, yeah. It's about everything. No matter if it's boot camp, running a marathon, going to the big leagues, whatever that looks like. Yeah, whatever it, it is, it's you always train for it. You yeah. got to train for it. Getting ready for a movie scene. Yeah, yeah. Just living life, even though it might yeah. be fifteen seconds. Mike didn't have to train for that. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. true. That's a good. He was side. born ready for that. So yes, going back to the previous episode, they want to know at the conference if you will have eight by tens. Of the movie scene, so you can. Oh yeah, absolutely. I have some of the movie and some from my wrestling days. Okay, nice. Full guard. No. (laughs) (laughs) Are we gonna have some intro music for you? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Pong machine. (laughs) (laughs) I would, I would literally pay you good money to show up to the conference dressed in wrestling garb and spend the whole time like that. I think you're going to have to clear that with Tisha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's good money involved, Mike. I'm just saying. There might be a, there might be a good match right there. Yeah. Yeah. Tish wrestling him down. Yeah. Everybody get a little more in the bar. That would This is what a good marriage looks like. like. What did they, at, least, <laughs> at least we're a bell. Yeah. See? At least we're a bell. I got plans. No. <laughs> I think Mike's saying not me. Not me. Yeah. yeah. No, Mike's saying all me. Yeah. <laughs> Tish is the one that's saying not oh, me. Oh, okay. Fair. No, she's not saying not me. She's saying not Mike. Yeah. <laughs> not him. Uh-uh. You. I, I think the biggest not me moment for myself was when I tried everything under the sun to get out of going back to church with my wife. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I used every excuse until there was none left. And then it was either deal with the ramifications of not making her happy or not doing one little simple thing and then doing it and then the open-mindedness of that sermon and it's like no not me like I just came I didn't even want to be here and I heard the sermon and now I need to do something kind of like Armando did like run, right? You just didn't, you just didn't sprint forward, did you? Yeah. But You're like it sprint back. In my yeah, but in my mind, I'm like, no, that's not me. Mm-hmm. Like I can't do that. But there's every little step I can tell in my journey, like going to men's group for the very first time. Like I sat in the parking lot for 15 minutes before I even went in. Because I was like, not me. Like, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. I don't need this. I don't know anybody in there very well. <laughs> like, once again, <laughs> you know, well, number two. like, <laughs> I, am, I am hungry, but I just passed tons of other restaurants that I could have went through to get something. Wouldn't even have to get out of your car. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then I did. You so know? you wanted it, but you were just scared to go get it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
you 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 know that's the way I've been. My uncle used to tell me all the time. We'd sit down and talk about the gospel and everything, and I'd always have these questions, and he'd be telling me these answers, and he's like, and he's always like, I can see in your eyes, and I can hear in your voice, in your heart, that you're hungry for it, but yet for some reason you're still not allowing it to come in. You know, that was my not me. You know, I don't, I don't need this. This is, this is not me. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm not in this situation. Right. And then you know, you hear the sermons, and you're sitting there like, well, maybe it's a little me, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, you know. And then you're like, no, no. And then it hits you harder, and it's like, oh, okay, fine, it's me. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, you finally have to just say, look, okay, I was wrong. Right. It is me. Yeah. You know, but he's always tell me, he's like, I can see it. You're thirsty for it. You're searching for it. You just haven't, it just hasn't hit you quite right to where you know you need it. And he's trying to pull you in, and you're just fighting him mm-hmm. by saying certain stuff like, oh, I don't need this because I can handle this. I can do this and all that. And then when you just finally give up, because it wears you down so bad it's such an uplifting feeling to just it's like all the weights lifted off of you and then it's like okay you got me I thought it wasn't me but obviously it was (laughs) yep I I was blocking myself right from my own happiness so to say because once once he came in it was like a totally like 180, 360, whatever you want to say. Feelings, emotions, everything. It's just an overwhelming feeling and it just feels wonderful. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess my biggest not me moment was uh, I think I'd done what Carl said. I, I pushed God just a little too far. Yeah. And that was the day the preacher walked up on my porch and said, Hey, you want to come back to church sometime? Not me. I don't need God. Mm. I think that pushed him over the edge. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he showed me that I did need him. He created a scene where I would uh, submit myself to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he done it through my job mm. when I was working on that truck. That truck shocked me so hard, knocked my, it just completely knocked my heart completely out of rhythm. That was my not. That was my probably my biggest not me moment. I've had a lot of not me yeah. small ones. Yeah, but that was probably the biggest one. He knew what he knew what he wanted me to do. He knew he he knew that I needed to be a part of his family, and he had a plan for me. But I wasn't being submissive. I was being the thick headed guy I always was. Right. And he's like, "Yep, yeah. time to turn. I'll make you submit. Yeah, time yeah. to turn him down a notch." Yeah, oh, he turned me or, down. Or 20. He turned me down. He turned, he turned me down about 16,000 volts worth. <laughs> I know my current not me situation. But I'm not. Yeah. It's the going on a mission. Right? Like, I've asked that. I've been asked countless times, especially by one person since it's just us talking and nobody else is listening. Yeah, right. But, like, 
I've always came up with the excuse, like, that's not for me. Like, that's not what I'm called to do at the moment. I feel like I'm, my calling is to help the people that fall through the cracks of the bigger stuff. And I think I just keep pushing back harder, and he's pushing back harder. And it's almost like tug of war. Mm-hmm. And I'm not winning. Yeah. I mean, I ain't playing against that anchor. That's right. what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> so yeah. are you gonna are you gonna come out of this wrestling yeah. match with a hitch in your giddy up? Probably. Oh yeah. <laughs> Probably. And that size limp for mm-hmm. hit. But I don't know how it all will work out. Like, wise, because the times that have went, like, it's not a time that I can use my vacation to go. It'll work out. Yes. But. That's when it's most difficult when, when either direction is good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, there's not a, a wrong way to go. It's just going the way he wants you to go. Right. There's a friend of mine, uh, he said recently, and I really like it, he's like, you know, true discernment isn't discerning between right and wrong. That's pretty easy. True discernment is determining, is determining between right and almost right. That's where it gets really difficult. Mm-hmm. That's tough. <clears throat> you know what I mean? And those are the, the occasions where you almost need to throw a fleece out. You know? Yeah. 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 I'm not overly happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously... It, it'll be cool and it'll be an experience but like that was my uh, forever was no it's not for me that's for you guys like and that's fine and I love it yeah. like go do it yeah. right but I would tell you that uh, the missions overseas I didn't really agree with because there's a lot we could do right here at home yeah until What's it been a couple, three weeks ago now when they got together and, and, yeah. and until they got up there and explained how through that missions. Yeah, that get, was mine. That was my moment too. They get people to start churches in their own homes to further God's kingdom. Right. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. Yeah. I needed that because I was closed minded to overseas missions. Mm-hmm. And I never thought about that part of it you know mm-hmm. I always thought well we could go we could build houses right here for people you right. know we could do here in the United States but you know after he explained it and, and he talked about it I'm like my eyes were opened up I'm like yes yeah because then people are really thankful for what they get and they're so thankful that they start churches in their homes yeah. and, you know they, they bring everybody in they're like hey listen this is what God done for me, you know, and they start spreading the gospel. And don't get me wrong, like, it might not be a one that I go on every time right. that we go on. It just might be a one and done experience. Type I may never thing go on that, one, but I, it opened my eyes. It, yeah. You know, God opened my eyes that day and, and showed and me heart. that, yes, and showed me that that is just as important as right here in our own backyard. Right. I think the truth is in the, 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 the balance between those two extremes because I think the one extreme is that, you know, we should forsake anything overseas whatsoever and, and just do things at home. And then the other extreme is to get so obsessed 
over the glory that we get out of overseas missions mm-hmm. that we ignore what's in our backyard. And there's no reason with the resources we're sitting on that we can't do both. Right. You know what I mean? Really, the truth is in the in the balance of those two things. And that's why God has got so many workers, because the ones that have the heart for going overseas and then the ones that have the heart for the home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to use both. Right. And he may bring both together to do one great big one. Who knows? I mean, right. you know. And I think that's a... It's the learning effect mm-hmm. of the not me, right? Like, bringing somebody in who is called to go overseas all the time into the backyard missions. Or somebody that's called to do the backyard missions to go over. Then you can bring both of those worlds together of what is learned and taught over there, here. Mm-hmm. And a better for lack of better word strategy to how things are done yeah yeah, yeah you can done. you can be informed by it a more know? a more unified front yes mm-hmm. i didn't know it wasn't overseas it was you know philadelphia but that was what really opened my eyes going going there and seeing what i saw there on full display unmasked mm-hmm. is what when I came home, opened my eyes to all the issues that we have that are similar right here that we put a blanket on mm-hmm. or put in the church's blind spot and ignore and kind of vilify anybody that says, hey, we can do better. Mm-hmm. We can do better. We have the resources and the ability to do more. We should. You know what I mean? Like, that's what opened my eyes. So, like, those missions can inform you. Yeah. Right. And he can use that to, to light a fire Absolutely. that needs to be lit. You know, so. that Philadelphia, they, they actually... They actually put them people in that area to confine them all to one spot. Yep. You know, here we don't do that. They're just all over the they're place. Hiding they're side, hiding in plain right? sight. Yeah, they're hiding in plain yeah. sight. At least there, then people are where you can go minister to them. Yeah, it makes here, it easier to reach. Makes them. It easy. Yes. Right. Here we got we got to go seek them out. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah, you have to. You have to. And you have to be patient with it to earn their trust. Yes. You know, you go to Kensington, Philadelphia, and like we did, you can set up a table and they all come to you. You know what I mean? They're right there to minister to. Mm-hmm. Here, I mean, they've been hurt by authority and, and, and even people and authority in churches so much that mm-hmm. it takes time to earn that trust, even get them to come to, to seek the help they need. Exactly. You have to go out to them. They've well, been pushed. They've been pushed away so much that they try to... Seclude themselves away from everybody. Yeah. But is that so much different than us? Is what? Because we've been hurt so much. Yeah. I mean, that's really, there is no different. The only it, difference I mean, is we yeah. have more blessings than they right. do currently. Yeah. Right. And it's, I mean, it's what kept a lot of us away for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. From seeking the relationship. And sometimes it was just that we didn't get caught oh, yeah. doing whatever. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's it. 100%. Difference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe not you, Ron. Thank you. <laughs> There's always an exception to the rule, I guess. But the rest of us was yeah. lucky. Uh-huh. <laughs> blessed. Blessed. There blessed. You go. blessed. I'm not going to sit here and say I probably didn't do nothing wrong, but, you know, compared to some stories. <laughs> <laughs> probably not as bad. Oh, now now everything's on the sin scale again. Oh, not, <laughs> my, not me, brother. <laughs> not me. Yeah. Thank you, God, for making, not making me like Mike over you know, here. I may, have had a, I may have had a rough upbringing, but it made me 
not do a lot of certain things growing up. I think we got a Pharisee in our midst. I think so, yeah. We do. Mm. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, Like I said, I'm not going to sit here and say that I was probably perfect, but boy, I tell you what, I, I walked a fine line, you know, so because I knew the consequences. Right. Well, not from God, but <laughs> from the other, you know. So right. I think the important thing to remember, like even even if we didn't make bad choices, we were all one lousy set of circumstances away yeah. from being on rock bottom. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. By the grace of mm-hmm. God, we were all one lousy set of circumstances away yeah. from that, and we've got to stop looking at those who got caught up in those circumstances and the consequences for those circumstances and viewing them as below us and stepping over them and not right. paying attention to them. I'm not just talking homeless, like people in general. Yeah, you know, it, yeah, can be, yeah, it can right. be a teenage girl that get, gets pregnant. It can mm-hmm. be somebody addicted to meth yeah. or alcohol. It can be any number of, of, of circumstances and situations that we could do more to reach out for and help. Yeah. And we just sort of choose not to because even when we preach against that sin scale, we still in our heart kind of engage in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? We still kind of in our heart say, eh, I'm not that bad. You know, they kind of made their bed. Yeah. Final thoughts. Mm. Which one of you part-timers wants to go first? (laughs) What? I don't have one. (laughs) You didn't do your homework, did you? Uh, 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 Not uh, me. uh, (laughs) (laughs) My final thoughts are two-parter, so I'll take your time. <laughs> you just donate, donate. Well, we do this like Congress. Yeah. You donate yeah. your time to me. <laughs> yeah, we'll make it long enough, and you can have mine too. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he was gone the longest. Go ahead, Carl, because I'm I'm usually the one that follows you. So now everybody okay, gets enough. to follow you. <clears throat> I um, uh, I had a not me moment about sharing this. The, the most I really laid something heavy on me while I was on vacation. I'm not going to share all the circumstances or all the confirmations or every bit of it. Right. Um, I elaborate a little bit more on the other podcast. Do you want to tell the listeners which one that is, Mike? Yes, go ahead. Do uh, you want to do it for me? No, the Philly Faith podcast. That Philly, that yeah. Philly. yeah. <laughs> How do you spell Philly? Is it, is it P-H-I-L-L-Y? No, it's a F-I-L. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see. <laughs> like silly but with an F yeah okay. I, see. I see how this works so like I say mine's in, in sort of a two part and the first part is a response to the question you asked a couple weeks ago you asked why do we go to the desert to get our feet wet correct mm-hmm. basically how that was now, that question really resonated with me it hit me pretty hard uh, it, I rolled it around in my head a lot uh, at that day after I listened to it the next day while I was thinking about it I turned straight to Psalm 63 And it kind of gave me my answer for it. And in that psalm, David says, O God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. Sounds kind of like a desert, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he follows that up a little further down in verse 5 and says, My soul is satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. Satisfied. He's in a desert totally dry, no water. But he can say, even though I'm thirsty in a dry and weary wasteland, I'm satisfied. Mm -hmm. I don't think my answer would be, I don't think that we choose to go to the desert. I don't think it's something we choose for ourselves. I think it's a place that he brings all of us to. At one point in our walk, at some point, 
individually, collectively, were brought to the desert. And I think it's for one simple reason. It's to, to make us thirsty and to, to, to show us that we are thirsty and to get us to recognize that our only choice is to seek the, the true source of living water. The only thing that satisfies our thirst is him. And I think often the only time we can really truly acknowledge that is when he, re- when he removes these, these counterfeit sources of water from us, brings us to a place where he is the only source. And I think the desert sort of serves as a metaphor for a, a fork in the road, mm-hmm. a crossroads. It's a decision point. And I think you typically see one of three primary choices that people make. The vast majority of people, especially on the outside of the church, choose to forsake the living water and chase after a mirage of an oasis on the horizon. They want to be satisfied some other way. So they chase after the wind, seeking satisfaction and never finding it. And you have the vast majority of those inside the church that they stand at that decision point, and they see the path to the living water laid out for them, but they really don't like the pathway. They don't like the walk involved, but they really like the promise of the living water. They like what the living water offers. They just don't like what the path getting there requires of them. Mm -hmm. So instead of going left because they know that's wrong, and instead of going right because they don't like it, they try to forge their own path. They try to dig in the sand and find their own way to the living water instead of seeking his way. Then you have a handful of Ezekiel's out there, Elijah's out there, who walk the right way, who seek after him, who accept his path, who walked to the living water. Not only that, but they look back to those who are going the opposite direction. They say, this is the ancient path, like Jeremiah said. This is it. This is the path to the living water. Walk in it, and you'll find rest for your souls. And the people cry back, no, we won't walk in that. Yeah. And that brings me to my second point, what he really laid heavy on me. I think a storm is coming. He's laid heavy on me that a storm is coming. I don't know when. I have my suspicions, and I think it's soon. I'll honestly have my eyes pretty intently upon this period of alluvial coming up, uh, which is a biblical month being harvest. Uh, I don't know exactly what it'll look like. It'll be a famine, war, natural disaster, shaking, something different, combination, don't know. But I do know something's coming, and I do know why. Because when we insist upon walking the left or forging our own path and refusing to follow his path, and we refuse to listen to him or his servants warning us when, we're, when, when he's saying, this is the ancient path, this is the path I want you on, his only option is to bring a storm. And the purpose of the storm is to get us to stop, to finally stop forging our own way away from him and look up and acknowledge him. It's almost like a second chance. Yep. We, we came to that decision point, that fork in the road, and we went the wrong way, and the storm almost serves as a metaphor for a shaking to give us a second crossroad a second fork in the road to give us another chance at going the right way. We need to go right. He's telling us this is the way. Don't listen to the bad shepherds. Don't listen to, to, to anything that's misleading you, that his way's the wrong way somehow, or we can have his blessings without his expectations. Ignore that. Listen to him. Yeah. What the Father says is always right. We always need to follow after him no matter who tells us otherwise. It doesn't matter. His way's the right way. Correct. Jesus is the right way. The example he laid out is the right example, and we need to follow after that. Don't wait for the storm. If you can, if you can evaluate your walk right now and you're walking left or forging your own way, walk right now. Because I fear for what happens if he brings the storm and we don't listen and we get beyond that. 
I fear for that. Absolutely. That's my that's my final thought. My answer to your question. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna put a little twist on that uh, question. I let me get this over to you so we can hear the twist. <laughs> you know, I asked you, why do you go to the desert to get your feet wet? So, on the twist of that is when you have your feet in the water, why do they feel so dry? Can I think about that? Think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Think about it. I want everybody to think about that. That's my final thought. That all week. Thank you. Appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Mike? um, You're falling. Yeah, right. I tried to go last. (laughs) I tried to go last. He insisted. But we forced you to go first, didn't we? (laughs) He always says last is first. I've just put down, let's change not me to please Lord me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I wrote it wanting to hit delete, (laughs) knowing it's going to be a hard one, knowing that whatever it is, you know, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be comfortable like we talked about earlier. So they're going to do something out of my comfort zone and whatever. But at the same time, if you don't, if you don't challenge yourself in it and if you don't, you know, uh, really put yourself out there to put yourself in his hands, what are you doing? Right. I mean, it's for nil, you know, it's for nothing. Mine's similar, but you got something wrong? What's the proverbial no? (laughs) Bob, was your question your final thought? Yeah, that was my final thought. Mine is seek me. Ask him to seek instead of not me. For the same things that you just said. So I guess on record... I agree with Mike. <laughs> Finally, it came oh, out. Yes, today is August first of two thousand and twenty-two, and <laughs> I wish those of you listening could have seen the pain in Ronnie's face when he said that. When he breathed those words out, it was hard to watch. It was because I think, just like you said, praying that prayer to seek me, to send me wherever you want. Yeah, because. We've talked about it on episodes. Like, you can say it, but yeah. do you actually mean it? Mm. Right. I yeah. kind of think of Isaiah when he said, when he's, he's in the presence of the Most High, and he says, Henanish like a knee in Hebrew. Here I am, send me. Yeah. Before we get that phrase. He's the yeah. only one that adds like a knee to Henani. We see that word a lot, that here I am. He's the one that adds, send me. And then the Most High tells him what's going to be involved in the commission, and it's not comfortable. And then the next thing Isaiah says is, uh, how long? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how yeah. long am I gonna have to do this? this. Um, <laughs> Maybe not me. Like, <laughs> I think I put my card ahead of my horse. Yeah. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so, join us on our Facebook group, Broken Record Ministries. Here in a couple months, we will have our All Broken Conference Part. Duh. I love it. <laughs> right. <laughs> As where speaking of part two, Mike will have two times the jobs to do <laughs> because not only will he be joining us at the roundtable for the discussions, except for one, he will be the speaker sitting at the roundtable for that discussion. Yeah, he'll be answering the questions. Mm. 
And how will you be dressed when you're answering those questions, Mike? <laughs> and I'm macho, man. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so funny you said that because I was like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I can't believe you said macho, man. We have one more announcer, speaker. See, I said announcer because you guys said macho, yeah. man. <laughs> we have one more speaker to announce. And then... In the middle of August, tickets will go on sale for October 22nd at the 4th Street Theater in Moberly, Missouri from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. Um, if you want to ask questions about that, you can email us at brokenrecordministries at gmail.com. Stay tuned for other announcements coming up. Bob's going to pray us out. All right. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Father, we just uh, Father, we just thank you for not listening to us, Father. For us to say not me to you, and you know that we need what you've got for us. And Father, we just thank you and praise you. Father, I just ask that uh, we can just go out this week and do as Ronnie said, seek you. And Satan, instead of saying, not me. Father, I just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And until next time. Welcome to Ministry. Catch you on the flip side.